The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. What small changes have made a big difference for you? Hey listeners, welcome to In the Arena. I'm Jackie Goldberg. And I'm Leah Smart. And today we're going to be exploring transformation. So it's a topic Jackie and I both love. We've both experienced our own transformations. But what we wanted to explore too was, what is it? I think it's one of those words that we talk a lot about and not everyone fully understands what it is or feels like they even recognize it. So you may have transformed and not know it. Why do people transform? Sometimes it's because we want to. Sometimes it's because we have to. And then why do we admire the people who transform? So a lot of the stories you hear um, that are inspiring stories are about transformation or overcoming. And so we want to talk a little bit more about that. And then we want to talk about a term that was coined by Jackie called micro moments. Um, So we're, we're working on the trademark, but it's really just helping us think about how we can make decisions in every moment to do something a little bit differently. So we're really excited to talk about that because I think some of these conversations around transformation can feel so big and hairy and difficult. And really, it's some of those small moments that equal transformation. Yeah, I think you said that so well, Leah. And another word that comes to mind for people when we think about transformation is change. And there really is a fundamental difference between the two. Change is sort of incremental. It may happen without knowing. But transformation is a real shift in your being, a shift in how you see the world. It's really changing the very nature of things where change can be a little bit more fleeting. There are small changes, there are bigger changes, but transformation is a fundamental shift in how we are, how we operate. To your point about it can be something that we choose to do or not to do is really starting with awareness, which we're going to talk about today. But transformation at LinkedIn, it's one of our culture tenets. We have five here, and then we also have our values. I know Noelle, when we interviewed Noelle, she spoke a little bit about that. But transformation, the way that we talk about it here is in terms of transforming yourself to then help others transform within the company and then help others transform outside of the company. So really transformation of the world. We actually here at LinkedIn have our own step or model or framework that we use. So I thought it'd be helpful to maybe share a few of those steps with the listeners, really get into our own stories of transformation and our own model that we have together that we've talked about. And then, of course, micro moments, which would love the trademark <laughs> one day. But there are a few steps. And, and the first one is dreaming bigger. So really determining ultimately what you want to accomplish. Transformation, it really doesn't just happen because it is such a big shift that you have to be a little bit conscious of, well, what is the goal? What what am I really looking to shift here? And what do I want to achieve in my life? And, and who do I want to be? And really, that comes with defining objectives. So breaking down that larger vision into smaller objectives, kind of like micro moments, but we'll talk a little bit more about that because I think the word micro is key here. They're very subtle moments in your day to day where you can help lead through that transformation. The third is making the leap. So this is confronting fear and uncertainty. This is a huge one, right? We talk about being in 
the arena all the time, right? When we're in that that circle of the comfort zone or the safe zone, we're not growing. But when we're really facing that fear and uncertainty and doubt and that ickiness and that scariness and that fear, that's when we're actually stretching and growing. And we need to kind of be in that space, be in the arena to do that. And then rising to the challenge. I love this one because this is about accepting that failure comes before success. So knowing that through your transformation, you are going to fail, you are going to fall. And it is in those moments of of bringing yourself back up and standing with pride that you can actually see that shift. Enduring the crucible, this is the fifth step, really pushing through those challenges with the trust that struggle is what creates strength. Again, very similar to, to confronting that fear and uncertainty. And then lastly, achieving mastery. So this is becoming a new and a better person. This means that this one transformational opportunity has maybe come to a close, but that does not mean that it is over. Transformation is a journey which I know uh, we will speak about that as well. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that framework. I love just getting that general sense of how it feels to transform. And each of those steps really does, I think, define something relatable for all of us. What I want to talk a little bit about, too, is why transformation is so revered. These are some really big steps we're talking about as well. They can also come in small form, but this is this is big change. And like you said, big shift in how we see the world. As I was looking through and I I was thinking a little bit about change, the first thing that came to me is that change is not easy. And we all have those things where we want to lose weight or get in shape or eat better or change our careers or whatever it is. We've all got something that we probably think of when someone says transformation and what area could you focus on. Mm. But it's difficult. It's really hard to change our behaviors. And when I went in to look and see what the research looked like, there are studies going on all over the world for the last hundreds of years to figure out how humans can change their behavior because that's how difficult it is. And we still haven't cracked that code. One of the things that I really liked and would like to use and kind of share with everybody is something called the Becker change equation. And the reason I think it's important is because it helps us understand why we don't change. And change is a part of transformation, right? We talked about transformation as sort of this bigger thing, but change is something that has to happen in order for transformation to happen as well. And so the equation is essentially telling us what three things we need to be able to shift and actually change. So the first thing is dissatisfaction. We have to be dissatisfied enough to make a change. The second thing is vision, which goes along with, you know, Jackie mentioning dreaming bigger, right? You've got to have that vision of something else, something out there that's going to change the way you feel about life. And then first steps, and that's alluding to kind of the micro moments conversation, is we have to have a first step. Sometimes we take change and we go, oh my gosh, the change is so big. I have to then equate a big solution to this big change or a big leap to this big change. And sometimes it's just those small things that help us get there. And sometimes when we do that, it becomes overwhelming. And then we look at it like, oh, I need to do all of this. I don't even know where to start. And then I pull away. Yeah. And so you don't change. And so the way the equation looks is actually dissatisfaction has to be multiplied by vision, has to be multiplied by first steps, and then has to be greater than your resistance Mm -hmm. to change. And the idea is if any of those things equals zero, you don't change. And we can probably all think of instances where we haven't been dissatisfied enough, haven't had a vision, or haven't made a first step. So we shifted this a little bit to kind of build in the transformation piece. And what we want you to take away is instead of those three points we first mentioned, shift those a bit in your mind to what we're going to talk about today, which is awareness times recognizing a gap times action. So that can be a big change or a micro moment equals transformation. 
Oh, I love this so much. I think this is a true formula combining the two of them, actually, right, to get to any goal you want or any transformation that you're looking to make in your life. So I want to start with the first step, awareness. This is key. We speak so much on this podcast about being present, being conscious, being aware, um, being awoken, right? Like just awoken to life, to Mm -hmm. every moment. And transformation cannot happen if you are not aware of where you are in this current moment and where you want to be, right? Because if you don't know where you are, you really won't have clarity on where you're headed or or really defining that vision and and where you want to get to. And Jackie, question for you, like as you're thinking about, I'm thinking about people listening that may be going, okay, awareness sounds interesting, but I don't really know how to even get aware. How do you get aware? So, I mean, we've talked a lot about mindful practices and meditation, of course, and the whole being and and who we are day in, day out. I think there are practices that we can take to bring ourselves inwards. So it is a practice of looking inwards to then see the world through the eyes and through the lens of your true self. I do think creating a sense of calm In this world, we are doing and we are busy bees and we're running around and we're very aware, it seems, of like external things happening. But how aware are we within ourselves? And I truly believe that it starts with that in order to then be aware of our external surroundings in the right way. And that really leads me to alignment, right? So that's the whole alignment within yourself and then within your external surroundings. Yeah, I think that's huge. It's it's a continual process. It's a practice. There are so many points in our life we aren't aware, mm-hmm. where you and I aren't aware and we aren't realizing things. And so I think it is important to say this is a continued practice. It's not easy work. 100%. And yeah, and it's part of what I when I think about awareness is also just recognizing the difference between you as you are and your brain as it tells you you are. And not to go too deep, but you know, there is a really valuable space in realizing that many times our thoughts are not us. And again, and we talk about mindfulness and all mm-hmm. this in, in in our podcast, but really understanding you can separate from those things and that's really when you know you're aware is when you can look at your thoughts as if they're separate from you inside mm-hmm. your brain and your mind, but you can start to act in a different way than your thoughts tell you. Yeah. And there are also such small things that happen in our day to day where we can tell whether we are aware or not. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about the last time you lost something, your car keys, your credit card. And you're like, oh, my God, when was the last time I used it? What did I do? I mean, this happens to my mother all the time. It happens to me every day. She (laughs) won't be happy to hear me say this on, on our episode today. But I always say, Mom, I said, were you present when you put your credit card in your your pocket of your coat? Were you present when you hung your keys up in the the wrong hook that you usually do? And she's like, no, I wasn't. I wasn't paying attention in that moment. And so it's moments like that that we can reflect on to see, like, could we have been more present in those moments? Or when we're actually taking those small actions like packing up our stuff before we leave the apartment and making sure we have everything, like, are we very present to what we're doing or are we multitasking? Are we thinking about 10 other things in our head? And those are small, maybe micro moments, right, where you can really say, am I being present in this moment? Yeah. It happens to me, too. I lose my keys every time I go into my apartment. Yes. And and I really do know that being aware in the moment of how you're handling what you have in your hands, where you're putting things, is that is being very attentive in that moment. In that moment, yeah. yeah. Instead of thinking about 15 things, which we all are. So thanks for sharing that big piece around awareness, Jackie. That's, again, the first part of our equation. The second part of our equation is recognizing that there is a gap. So when we think about transformation, typically you go from saying, 
I'm at zero and I want to be at 100, or I'm at one place and I want to be at a different place. And that's what helps us push closer to transformation is recognizing that gap. In coaching, we say no gap, no coaching, right? If you don't have something you're looking to get to, there's no reason to be coached. And this is where Jackie and I really want to share our stories about recognizing the gaps we had in our lives. I would love if you could share your story. Yeah. Rather than sharing my story from start to finish, what I wanted to do was call out a few pieces of my story where I found gaps. And what came up for me is that when I was finding gaps, it was really coming from my intuition. It wasn't actually coming from my mind. It was a knowing that was deeper. One of the examples that I'll use is I was working at LinkedIn quite a while ago. It was in 2015. And I had a sense that there was a change that needed to happen. Like, I I didn't really want to leave LinkedIn. I had no plans to. I love the company. But I had a sense that something needed to shift for me. And it was a really difficult time for me because I didn't want to listen to that thing. But it was, like, in my skin. I could feel it. I was like, there's something more. There's something else I need to be doing. And so that part of my story led me to actually leave LinkedIn and take a new role at a new company, which when I look now, almost five years later, Everything happened for a reason, and me leaving this company and going to another one actually gave me exactly what I needed to go through some serious transformation and then now come to the place I am today, which I'm really happy about and proud of. So there was this sense for me that there was more, and that's kind of always been the piece for me that's that's shifted. I think the other big thing for me was actually coming back to New York. So when I left New York in 2016, moved home and said, okay, it's time to go home and just be there. And I got home and I realized that I wasn't super happy. I didn't actually want to be there. And really what I wanted was to be back in New York. And I had really shooted myself into this go home. So the theme I'm hearing even as I'm explaining this is my mind has controlled a lot of my decisions versus my intuition. So when I got back to New York, I was like, okay, great. It's all going to be perfect now. I'm going to have this this great life and now I'm where I need to be and everything will just fall into place. Surprise, it didn't. And what I realized was that there was another gap and that gap could not be changed by my external circumstances, by where I was, which is what I was trying to do, change my job, change my location. It was really about an inward journey Mm -hmm. because the gap was not feeling fulfilled. And for me, what I recognize is I am actually in charge of that completely. And I'm in charge of doing that from an inward space instead of looking for fulfillment outside. And so, again, my intuition pulled me to go on this inward journey. And that's where I, again, recognize and close the gap. I think that is so powerful following your intuition. How do you equate intuition and awareness? I go back to the mind gut thing. Intuition is something that we actually don't have to work to find. It's just something that's been covered up, in in my opinion, and from what I've noticed, covered up as we've gotten older because we haven't used it. We've used our brains as we've gotten older, and so it's really easy to do that, but we haven't used our guts and our intuition. So I think it's actually just a natural thing that occurs that we have to quiet ourselves to hear. And when you hear it, it's the clearest Mm. thing you've ever heard, but it's always that quiet voice instead of that loud one, which is your mind. I think awareness is really about working with your brain Mm -hmm. and taking a step back to look at where you're at. No, I agree. I mean, that question just came to me based on what you were saying, because um, it is that whole alignment of mind, body, soul, right? And that physical 
is the body, the mind is that awareness piece, mm-hmm. and the soul is your intuition, right? That's your gut. Yeah. And so um, using all of those to make powerful decisions, you also talked about how you recognize that it was an inward journey. Mm-hmm. You know, there's that famous quote, wherever you go, there you are. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we could change our job, we can move locations, we can live abroad, but at the end of the day, we are who we are. And yeah. like, that is who we have to live with, right? So let's be our best selves and, and make those changes and that take those transformations. So for you, it seems like it was a shift in being. It was. Yeah, it, it was coming back. It was coming into myself. Like I, exactly. I really had not been fully, it sounds so strange, but I felt like I was not fully in my body or in my own experience for so much of my life. Well, my story is very similar. And that's what I love about this concept of transformation where it's not like that a little change or a fleeting change. It's really a shift in our being. And so for me, very similar. I mean, we talk about awareness. I woke up, right? And I can't say it was one day, but it was like a series of doing the script or living out the script that I thought was written for me in my 20s, right? And I kind of woke up one day and, and was like, wait, this is my life. And I wasn't happy and I wasn't fulfilled. From the outside looking in, I had the husband, I had the dog, I had the apartment in Manhattan, I have my health, right? There, there were things obviously to be grateful for, and yet I wasn't fulfilled. And so that starting with awareness and then really having to do the work to know what that gap was, because I had no idea. Mm -hmm. I knew that something wasn't right and something was misaligned in who I was, but I didn't know what that was. And so I actually took some really big actions to kind of explore that. My first step was exploration, like what am I feeling? What's going on? And that was through therapy. That was through reading a lot of books on self-help and personal improvement and really getting in touch with my spirituality, right? That was something I repressed for a very long time. And studying Kabbalah during that time really gave me a whole new perspective, got me in touch with my faith and just gave me really good tools and, and really the strength and the courage to take these next actions, the micro moments, which I like to say, which is embedding this these transformational steps into my day-to-day and creating habits over time. But what happened with me was once I did the work and I understood what really the work was, was knowing myself better. Mm -hmm. I didn't know who I was and I wasn't in tune with who I was. And once I was able to do that, I was much clearer in the decisions I was able to make. And then I was able to make some big changes in my life, like moving on from my relationship and starting to take part in activities and and deepen relationships and create new relationships with people who are more like-minded than I was. And I found that my hobbies changed, right? Like my life shifted because I was way more in tune with who I was. Yeah. And what I'm what I'm hearing is you started with this whole, like, I was living by the script, right? Mm-hmm. And I think all of us can think about what script was written for us and how tightly we've stuck to it. And what I'm hearing from you is, like, just the rewriting of your script, as common as that saying is. But really, how do you rewrite your own script so you can be more of of who you are? Yeah. Um, and a lot of times, like, I, I think about Marianne Williamson, who's one of my favorite spiritual teachers. She talks about the fact that typically we don't learn or transform through joy. Unfortunately, we learn and transform through pain or through mm. difficult situations. And I'm sure... For you, there are a lot of difficult things you had to do. I know for you, there are a lot mm-hmm. of difficult things you had to do to actually transform. But you came out the other side with this shift, right? Yeah. And that's, you know, very 
in line with what you kind of shared in terms of the equation and having that dissatisfaction. Mm -hmm. When everything is hunky-dory, as long as you're in tune with yourself and aware around that happiness, then that's wonderful. If everything's hunky-dory but you're you're disconnected, then there's a question mark. Is it everything really this way? And that was for Mm -hmm. me, right? Like on the outside, I could say, yeah, my life is great. I was happy. But like within me, I wasn't. I wasn't fulfilled. And so kind of creating that that connection there was was a big piece for me. And where did you like, how did you really identify that? I guess I'm asking like, where did you feel that? Yeah, it was when the script came to a point where I was following it to a T and I'll get a little bit more specific. You know, I always felt like you meet your your husband in your early 20s or your partner, right? Mm. In your early 20s and you start or you, you meet your partner, you start dating, you go through all the milestones, right? You move in together, you get engaged, you have the wedding, you you think about having children, you buy a house. And so I was very much on that path. And it was getting our dog Penny, right? Mm-hmm. And and then being a homebody for while we were training her that made me wake up because during that time period, it was like, whoa, this is what my life is and what it's going to be like, right? I was really following through that that script as what I always thought was the way to be. And so... When that script didn't align with my, like, feelings and and who I was being, I had a big question mark that I had to then go and look out. Yeah, and I'm sure you played out the script, right? Like, okay, so if this is today, a year from now is going to feel like this. I created it. Another year from now will feel like this. I fueled the script because I really – that's what I thought I wanted. It's what I thought I was supposed to do. And so I really fueled that for myself. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life, a promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Hi, I'm Tomer Korn, LinkedIn's Chief Product Officer. On my podcast, Building One, we dive deep into what it takes to build great products. Recently, we had Zach Perret, the CEO of Plaid, and he shared about his struggles building a financial app for consumers and how he was able to turn it all around with a critical pivot. Take a listen. I personally couldn't resonate as much with the consumer set that we were trying to reach. I just didn't have that level of empathy. When we made the shift to building a B2B product though, I was building the product that I wanted. My co-founder and I were creating the product that we wanted ourselves and we had so much empathy for what that product was. Such a great insight. You know, in that sense, we got lucky because we were were creating a thing for ourselves. And then the people that we were talking to also had the same problems we did. They were fintech developers. We'd been a fintech developer. Uh, We'd been trying to build a fintech product for a year. And so, we had such deep empathy. We had such a clear ability to... If you want to hear more of Zach Perret's story and the lessons that follow, listen and subscribe to my podcast, Building One. I love that you share that and that you mentioned the the equation again. It's It's recognizing the gap and knowing that there's also this empowerment there that I hear probably from both of us, we've both felt. There's an empowerment in recognizing that you are fully capable of changing your script, of rewriting your script. Like yes. no one is going to keep you from doing that, but yes. you can't do that until A, you're aware, B, you recognize the gap, and C, you also own the story of what you've already created. Yeah. And there are areas in probably both of our lives where there's still a story to be owned and transformation to be had. Exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, we talk about transformation as this big shift, and yet it's a continual journey. 
And we have to remain present and remain close to where we want to continue going and how we want to continue transforming. And one of the best ways to do that is to understand that life happens in micro moments. So I want to define this a little bit more for our listeners. And I think it's just a really great concept for you to bring into day to day as you're being present and making little decisions. So micro moments is basically in any moment, noticing and choosing to do something either differently or just being aware of the choice that you're making in that moment. So I will give you a very simple example here. So one of my higher commitments is my health, and I practice mindfulness often because I know all the benefits that come from mindfulness practice. And so just the other day, I was in between meetings at work, and I was on the 22nd floor, and I needed to get to the 25th floor. I can easily take the elevator, but in that moment, I decided two things. I decided, one, I'm going to take the stairs because I know that it'll be a healthier decision other than the elevator. And two, while I'm walking up these stairs, I'm going to focus on my breath and be very present to as I'm going up these flights of stairs. Those three flights of stairs brought so much calmness to me because I was able to really just be with the moment of moving from 22nd floor to 25th floor. It's a very simple action, but those in those little that little moment of that day to day, if I continue doing that and being present, it actually has a huge effect on both my health and my mindfulness practice, which are very important to me. And so the goal, right, like the transformation is a big thing. But when you boil it down into really looking at these little moments and how you can choose differently or make a decision, I think they really add up. And I'd love to kind of go through some other ones that we've both used in our yeah. In and our daily, day I, day. one thing I think you mentioned that's really important is there's two options, right? You can choose differently or you can just be aware of what you're choosing. Mm-hmm. So for me, like silly example, I choose the cookie a lot of times. Like health is important to me too. And I might choose the crappy thing to mm-hmm. eat because I want to eat it. Totally. And we all do, right? Yeah. We all have those moments. So, you know, I think I think that's one is me just knowing or you just knowing that you're doing something that is maybe a little bit different than you'd want to be doing is the first step to change. It's actually the first step in our mm-hmm. transformation equation, mm-hmm. right? So being aware. One of the practices that's really helped me. I've also started studying Kabbalah and wrapping up my first class this week. So the big thing that I've learned is something that's called pause what a pleasure. And really what it is, is in a moment that you're about to make a decision that maybe you're aware is not the one you want to make, or you're triggered and you would typically just react to something. It's taking a pause and taking a breath. And some people will call this pause and respond. There are many acronyms for this. So it's really about stopping to take a breath and actually consider what options you have and then responding Mm -hmm. in the way that you want to respond. And it sounds very simple because it is very simple and it's easy to do. And something like this can allow you to, in moments, like you said, near micro moments, make a decision that's actually aligned to how you want to be. Yeah. And also the whole thing about micro moments as well is that knowing that when you do these actions, and I kind of hit on this before, but when you do these over and over and over again, you're actually building a muscle to then, A, do them more habitually and more um, at ease, 
but you're also getting that much closer to your ultimate goal. Yeah. Um, and a lot of these are, are anchored in awareness. I think the pause and respond, that's, that's one you've probably all heard before, but we don't put into practice as much. And it's amazing what can be done when you are in relation with someone and you pause and respond yeah. in the workplace, um, in personal lives, et cetera. Well, and I think it's also like this isn't just a spiritual thing. This is also a neurological thing, oh, right? So course, all of our yeah. brains have neuroplasticity. And so what you're doing, if you're thinking about just the science side, is you are rewiring your brain to do something differently than it's done before. And that's to your point of like what is foreign becomes a new normal over yep. time. And that's the habits, right? The neurons in your brain, they become more accustomed as you do them over time and right. they, they get they get more at ease. Another thing is just active listening. So I know, you know, as a manager or even just, you know, someone in the workplace, when I'm going from meeting to meeting, if I'm sitting down with someone in a one-on-one, I actively will sit down at the table and I'll say, okay, my in my head, right, my role right now is to be with this person and listen and hear them and be with them and not think about the meeting I just came from or the meeting that I'm going to after or thinking about the 12 things I need to get done, you know, before tomorrow. I have to consciously tell myself these next 30 minutes, I'm sitting with this person and this is their time. And that is a practice that has really helped me be with my my team members. And again, it's not only at work, right? When you're in relation with anyone and you're with them, just being mindful of, I'm going to really listen to this person and not think on top of what they're saying or what my response is going to be. Yeah. It's a micro moment. Yeah. And I mean, you're going to mess these things up, right? And so it's okay to go back. Like I've gone back before and been like, oh my gosh, I was not listening. I need to reach back out to this person. And that's the awareness piece too, right? Like recognizing that you need to go back. Yeah, coming back and saying, you know what? I'm sorry. I totally was not paying attention. Tell me again. Yeah. Or like, let's talk about this and carve out time. So I also want to call out like you can and should start kind of having that humility to say, shoot, I need to go back and and redo this situation with someone. Mm -hmm. Even if it's a small thing, people feel so appreciated and and loved when you do that. The other thing that I really like is it's called certainty. And I'm going to kind of define this a little bit differently so that you understand, um, you all listeners understand what we're talking about here. So I'll share kind of a little bit of like a situation where this could happen and give you a sense of what this means. So a lot of times in our lives, we have difficult moments, right? Things happen that we don't want to happen. And for most of us, we experience these things. They're painful, they're difficult. And then we move into a place either soon or, you know, further down the line where we say, okay, this thing happened, but I have faith that life is going to work out. It's a beautiful thing to shift from this pain to this point of faith and saying, I know it's going to happen. The right things will happen for me. The idea of faith, if you will kind of play with me here, is that faith allows us to have belief and certainty that things will be okay. And it also allows us to stay sort of passive, right? Like faith is like, okay, I'm going to sit with this and it'll all be good. Certainty isn't the idea of taking our faith and putting that in action. So it's really kind of actually comes back to our our action in the equation, but it's how will I make this good? right? Or how will I ensure that this is good? And the reason I love this is because, again, faith can sometimes feel passive. Certainty is faith and also, or belief, and also then putting in this this action piece that allows you to move forward and actually start to see where life is going to give you these amazing gifts. Yeah. And I also want to double down on faith because I think faith can sound like a religious or or spiritual term. And really, it's just trust, right? It's just having trust in anything or in everyone. And that trust, to your point, is like a little bit passive. And there's like a a freeing moment about that. Mm -hmm. 
totally. And then the last one we talked about too, Jackie, was just creating space for calmness. And I know you mentioned calmness before. Yeah. And I think to get started, right, in any of this, it's just allowing space to kind of be. And what that does, it allows you to go inwards a little bit. So if it's walking, you know, rather than putting in your AirPods to listen to a podcast, listen to music, just walk and be and look around and be in nature and give yourself a little bit quiet time because that, to your point about the intuition, it it really, when you quiet your mind and when you quiet things, it allows you to kind of get look inwards, which will, again, help with these little moments of bringing you towards where you ultimately want to go. Yeah. So what we'd love for you all to do is just think about one thing from the list that we just discussed or something that you already know is going to help you and give you that sort of micro moment to build up to transformation. And something we want to make sure we share too is we know this is totally a continual journey. So we're continuously transforming. And again, it's sometimes it's because we want to and sometimes it's because we have to. But, you know, Jackie and I continually work through this and, and you know, experience the, the hard and the good part parts of, of transformation. So again, I, I do want to remind you of this equation because it'll help you kind of get grounded. In order to transform, you have to be aware, you have to recognize the gap, and you have to take action. And that's through your micro moments or your big actions. So thank you so much for joining us on the journey. Uh, again, if you want more of In the Arena, all of our episodes are on iTunes and Spotify under In the Arena LinkedIn, and we will see you all soon. Have a great day, everyone. 